Hello. Welcome to a special Harmony UK podcast recorded on Wednesday, July the 18th, 2018. This 14th edition is devoted to a single topic with a single interviewee. He's Marty Monson, Chief Executive Officer of North America's Barbershop Harmony Society. About a month ago, the BHS announced that after 80 years as an all-male organisation, it would, for the first time, be ready to welcome women to membership of the society. The BHS was the first and is still by some way the largest of the barbershop organisations around the world and the announcement sparked a frenzy of discussion on social media along with speculation about how the decision would change the landscape of barbershop harmony singing. People asked what it meant for the other men's and women's barbershop organisations. Would it expand the pool of singers? Would there be new opportunities for women's quartets and choruses from around the world to compete at BHS conventions? What about those who value the atmosphere of all-male or all-female choruses? And some asked if the society was simply trying to shore up a dwindling membership at the expense of other groups. In short, would the decision which is billed by the BHS as providing harmony for everyone promote inclusion or lead to division? Well, Marty Monson agreed to talk to me from the headquarters of the BHS, Harmony Hall in Nashville, over a Skype link for this special podcast. And I began by asking him why, after 80 years, now was the right time for a change. You know, I think it's um, the right time is now better than any. You know, I, you know, it's never a right time, I guess, if you look at it from a glass half empty. But if you look at it from a glass half full, now's the time. And I think it was pretty evident in the Everyone in Harmony course that was in Orlando where we had 170 people, men and women singing on stage together that, uh, like myself, where I had my daughter and my son together, which was the first time I got to sing with all three of them under under one umbrella. It was just quite the experience. So, you know, now's better than any. You know, I don't think there was any specific time other than we felt that after years of interviewing and surveying and discussing uh, with various leaders and trusted individuals and volunteers and external that uh, it just seemed to be like it was a good time to do it. I can see that it must have been tremendous to have your entire family with you there, both, you know, male and female members of the family. But there are people in the media in the United States who are saying, actually, this is this is a very cautious move because your chapters, your choruses don't have to accept women if they don't want to, do they? Right. They can continue to barbershop like they've always barbershopped. And that is a choice. And we support that choice because it's important that we don't value one over the other, because we know that each uh, the single gender, all male, all female or mixed, they're of equal importance because we need each of those in our day-to-day lives. Men need to be with men. Women need to be with women. And, and then we have environments where we can provide the mixed opportunities. They are all equally important. So how do you see this working out then? Do you see, for example, existing male choruses having partner female choruses that will set up and run alongside them? Uh, maybe some mixed choruses as well. I mean, what, what do you see the future as being? I think there's going to be a lot of variations. And we hope, and, and quite frankly, we aspire to encourage uh, not a single solution or one size fits all, but we hope we get out of the traditions of saying we're in the pursuit of finding the perfect uh, model that everybody should follow and instead go to the models of what your community 
can support. And that might be for three years and then it evolves into something different for the next three years or five years or 10 years or whatever that is. One has to evolve and be able to, to work through that process. And it could be that, you know, a men's chorus, chapter, club, whatever remains that same for another 50, 100 years or whatever. But I think the key here is that we are not, we have changed our paradigm from being a top-down kind of driven organization where here's the command and control and everybody follows this to something that the world has changed in general, that the grassroots really are in control of how they feel they can be successful. And then the aggregate muscle, the aggregate collaboration that brings everybody together that forms some consistency about basically that singing is good and more singing is even better, that that's the aggregate value of our research and collective value as an organization really speaks to the cultural benefits and the lifelong benefits of what we're trying to achieve. And how you do that to those structures to maybe you have one one organization with multiple ensembles or you have multiple organizations you know, that's that's kind of really up to each of the local communities where barbershop currently exists or might get started because now we're thinking of new ways from which someone can barbershop versus just the single traditional approach that we've been doing for, you know, nearly 80 years. I, this decision has been out there for about a month or so now. How, how many women have, have come forward and said, I'd like to join the society? We're not sharing any of that information at this point, uh, mostly because that's not why why we made the decision. You know, it's really about increasing our community. At some point, we will release some of those numbers, but we are excited about the reception we've received, you know, so far. But we still have a lot of work. We haven't really determined how we're going to do the chapter structures or the choruses or quartets yet. And a lot of that is because we're engaging our volunteers at this moment. So, you know, the membership component is not uh, why we are doing this. It is, you know, purely by creating more communities. And, and we still have a lot more decisions to make to round out and get people excited about those next steps. And what's your time frame for those decisions? Because presumably until women know what chapters they can join and what opportunities there are for them in their local communities, there there isn't all that much reason to join, is there? Yeah, well, there's, I mean, we've had people join because of um, that we've seen on social media and you've seen some of that, that, hey, my dad is, I grew up watching my dad and now I can actually sing with my dad. So I wanted to do that just because I wanted to be a part, stand, stand next to him and, and, and be able to enjoy it as a member to member. Um, so we've had some of those individuals who have really seen the, the intrinsic value just because of that. Pride, honor, all those types of things. But I, you're exactly right. Our timeline to figure out those solutions are for the remainder of 2018 that by January 2019, people then will be able to start to create their community however we draft and make those decisions. I guess that women who join the society won't enjoy full equality, especially because competition is such a big part of the barbershop hobby, until they are able to compete uh, within quartets or choruses in your various districts and, and indeed international competitions. How much thought have you given to the way that you're going to do that in future? We haven't given a ton of thought. I mean, everybody has theories and, and their ideas. Um, but on purpose, we have 
chosen not to be prescriptive and have all those answers when the board made the decision around around the welcoming women as members. Uh, that is where we're pulling in together our thought leaders and our various volunteer leadership teams and committees and and uh, groups to be able to help us figure that out to do what's right and to do what's going to meet the needs of, of the community and kind of the demand. So we're exploring all those possibilities as we speak right now. I mean, every day there's more collaboration and discussions taking place. In fact, we're getting ready for our district president's council meeting, which is all day tomorrow here in Nashville, and then our leader, our annual leadership summit, which is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday before our week-long Harmony University. So we've got a lot of good discussions and and breakout sessions that are going to help inform the organization on how we may operate this going forward. But a little misnomer is that even though contest has been a PR or, or probably what has been most noted from our history, you know, only about half of 50% of our barbershop community here um, are actually actively competing or going to a regional convention. The other half, they aren't engaged at that regional convention area. So it's a little misnomer to, you know, how important the contest is. It is, I'm not saying it's not important because it is important, but it's not the only aspect of where of where people are interested in how they create a community of singing. I, I take that point entirely, and there are many ways of enjoying singing and, and, and many ways of, uh, of, of getting pleasure out of it, and competition surely is only one. But there are, if you look on this side of the pond, uh, there are women's choruses and quartets who, f- frankly, at the moment, have a limited opportunity for international competition, and some of them are very excited about this. Uh, How long do you think it would be before you could offer the opportunity to compete against uh, people from North America to, say, uh, women's quartets or or, or choruses in this country? You know, I don't don't know yet. I I, I think it'd be I'd be dangerous for me to even speculate on a date uh, because then that gives people a place to target, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, at some point, I could see something, but um, I don't know when those dates would actually be as far as the earliest possibility. But those are discussions that are being had as far as what would that look like if we are going to do something. But uh, you're exactly right. Uh, it does open the intriguing possibilities, though. For example, I know that you met uh, Deborah Lamble, who is the chair of the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop yep. Singers uh, at, at convention in Orlando. I haven't a clue what you talked about, um, <laughs> but... For example, this is just hypothetical. Say labs were to come to you and say, now that you're accepting women into the society, you're you're welcoming them, uh, we would like the sort of deal that Babs already has, where our members can share in some of the benefits of the society, and we can send uh, our, uh, our leading quartets and choruses to represent labs in the United States and Canada, as Babs does. If they were to come and ask for that sort of deal, what would you say to them? Well, I would say let's start having discussions like we are having discussions with everybody else regarding all this and our own internal. Um, and, you know, discussions don't guarantee uh, the execution, but at least it starts to talk about the possibilities. And, and that's, uh, that's a good first step. Does this make it easier, do you think, to forge closer links with with mixed organisations in, say, Ireland or Germany or Spain, where the barbershop organisations were non-gender specific to start with? Yeah, you know, as as we see new barbershop organisations start up all around the world, 
you know, they're starting out in that mixed flavor, and that's kind of the default standard where then they can select which which option or options they say so choose. So this does get us to a place where we can have more of those conversations. And um, and quite frankly, choral music has been primarily centered around, in general, from the choral ecosystem as an SATB or mixed choral environment. And so coming the opposite direction from single gender focus or all male for us, um, you know, this is a different slant towards the opportunity and from adding, not taking away, adding to, you know, the global abilities to scale and provide more barbershopping experiences for, for more people. Oh, that's interesting. So are you hoping that other SATB choirs will take a look at Barbershop as a result of this, uh, maybe join your organization along with other different organizations and, and start singing some Barbershop arrangements? <laughs> well, I think the last point you made about singing more Barbershop arrangements, I would just be tickled if they just did that because of the legitimacy of the art form or the arrangements or the fun that they have when they get a barbershop song in front of them. You know, it's kind of like a good gospel tune in SATB. You know, people love that movement and the toe tapping and the the heartfelt and the soul of a good gospel song. Well, I kind of put barbershop music in that same category. Whether they become members or some flavor of being a part of a broader acapella or barbershop organization, I think is is up for discussion. But, you know, we're focused on the barbershop community right now, but we certainly see a value of providing supportive services and, and further collaboration for, for the broader choral ecosystem, perhaps at some point. But that's just because we just know our barbershop music is so awesome. You know, more people should be giving it a try. And a lot of people, I'm sure, will find this very exciting. Some, of course, find it a little scary. For example, <laughs> if I was a member of Bing at the moment, Barbershop in Germany, the German organization, every two years they have uh, an, an international uh, world contest, in fact, for, for mixed quartets and a world contest for mixed choruses. You're not trying to take any of that away from them long term by any chance, are you? No, 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 no. There's, there's a, as I like to say, there's a lot more abundance. We approach this from abundance, not scarcity. And uh, we just got to get more people singing barbershop. That that's pretty pretty important. And to be a part of this awesome, like we were talking at the very beginning, this awesome community of people who are so welcoming, so encouraging. They understand all the benefits of health and lifelong singing. We just got to go out with that mentality, not a scarcity that says, "Oh my gosh, we're going to steal this and do this." No, that's not our intention at all. We want more people like singing lifelong and having the experiences that we know as barbershop communities not just BHS, but global barbershop communities are having so much fun and making an impact on people's lives lifelong. We just want more of that. We want to encourage more of that. We got a good thing. We want to share it more with more people. And of course, if, if you are a female singer, other barbershop organizations for women are available. How does, how does having BHS accepting women add to that kind of, that kind of universe, do you think? Well, you know, I think that's to be determined yet. Um, you know, we know where people can be a part of more than one organization. They don't have to choose one or, over the other. There's value in, in all the different organizations. And so, you know, I, I, again, this isn't about a trying to force someone to pick one over the other. I think it's about how they see their own value and they will always make decisions. We're not in control anymore with any of that. You know, the world has changed definitely where the consumer is definitely in control of how they how they barbershop and will barbershop. We just hope that we're able to help out in some way 
shape or form and, and grow the overall uh, singing community. Give it 10 years or so. Look into your crystal yeah. ball. Tell me what Barbershop's going to look like in 10 years' time. Yeah, well, we have, with our Everyone in Harmony strategic plan launch, we have that by 2028, which is 10 years from now, it'll be our 90th anniversary of the Barbershop Harmony Society. We, we see that people will either will be attached to Barbershop some way, shape, or form to the BHS in terms of 1.2 million people engage or participating somehow shape and form of the organization. We believe that our reach and impact can go out to that kind of magnitude in 2028 and 10 years. You're talking about 1.2 million people. You now have 27,000. If I was listening and I was in Sweet Adelines or Harmony Inc., I might wonder whether, despite all your all your protestations that you're not trying to poach anybody from anybody, uh, that maybe you were after some of our members. Yeah, well, we have to rethink about how we call members. When I, I didn't use the word members, I used about how people are participating and engaging. Um, uh, that is a, a bigger aspiration than a membership and what the traditional membership definition may be. So I go to where you were mentioning earlier about just more people singing barbershop. That may not be part of our direct or high engagement uh, engaged barbershop member as we refer to them today. Those are usually highly engaged barbershoppers versus someone who is just out there watching barbershop YouTube videos, which we have three times as many doing that than we actually have members today. They're approaching nearly 60,000 YouTube subscribers who watch our video YouTubes all the time. That is a form of engagement and participating in, in promotion of the art form that uh, we're serving on a daily basis. And so we see that expansion, social media expansion, different ways to define how people are engaged. And so just singing a song, how many choirs out there or even just quartets around the world are somehow participating in the art form that we have not been collecting or, or transacting with in a way that shows our reach and our impact well beyond just the traditional membership definition. So it goes well beyond the, the, the membership status. Obviously, the member is the highly engaged individual, but there are a lot of people out there that um, we're, we have seen since we've been tracking the past couple of years, like YouTube subscribers, that have way exceeded our, our membership. In fact, they're adding about a thousand a month on subscribers uh, just on our YouTube channel alone. And a lot of young people come into Barbershop from those YouTube videos. I know I've, I've, I've met them. I'm sure so have you. Uh, there is one thing that will worry traditionalists, though, and that is if you're talking about more than a million people singing Barbershop and many more people being associated with the society, does that not bring its own pressure for change in the style of what we do? Because people will bring their own preferences, their own likes, and, and they'll bring influences from outside barbershop. And, and that might worry some of the people who love the traditional sound, love the traditional style. Well, again, I'd say just similar to how we are very open and encouraging of trying to find multi, instead of one size fits all for a community or a chapter, and one chapter being the perfect solution for everything, that everybody's got to follow that being more open to different ways from which we can create communities of barbershop singers is also with the style itself as well in that we have 
different generations and different people who have different likes of different uh, of the barbershop eras um, that we can include all of them as part of it. I mean, we're right here in Nashville, Music City, USA, where, you know, where where you see country music has evolved over time, but they're all part of country music. You know, but then you have those that grew up in the country music styles of the 60s and 70s and then the 80s. And they're all different. They're all style changes. But they all, as you get immersed into it, you gain respect for the other times as to the evolution of the style. And it's not to say one is more better. I guess is that a word? One isn't more better than the other one, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, having recognition, though, and respect. I mean, some of the chestnuts and some of the styles and the music from the past, are they will stand the test of time. Um, and it never goes away, um, just like a good polecat. The, those polecats have been around for, for decades upon decades, and people sing those when they get together by default. And those are all good things. So I, I don't think it's about trying to separate or exclude anybody. That's never been our intention because we're here to support and create experiences and, and programs that meet people how they ever went to barbershop. You know, we can't do everything for everybody, but we don't have to because people are doing barbershop how they want a barbershop. We're just here to get make sure people are singing barbershop, lifelong singing experiences, and, and just having a great time and staying healthier as they go through their life. You, you're, you're describing a big inclusive world there, and it, it sounds like a lot of fun. Can I, can I just suggest that maybe I could sum up what you've been saying? It sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that what you're saying, this is not about revolution, it's about evolution. It's about yep. devolution, bringing, bringing decisions down to, to people more locally. But it may take some time to work through, is that right? Yeah, oh, definitely. We, we know everything's about a journey. Life's a journey, right? And so you can't. You know, we're not here to force anybody to make a change. And that's that local decision making, you know, just a leadership change. That's an evolution, right? It's it's not a revolution. It's an evolution because you still have the heart and soul of an entity or a quartet or a chorus. But it's got to evolve based upon when you have a new director, or when you have a new leader within the organization. It's all about evolution. And we're no different as as being the supportive encouragement, you know, organizer with all that. But, you know, it, it just comes down to. We've we've got a really good thing. Barbershop is a good thing. It's not a product issue. It's that more people need to know about it and have an opportunity to express their singing and the joy of singing. Because, you know, quite frankly, that is another big challenge we have is because choral music in general within the society smallest has become kind of an elitism activity because you see such great quality now. The pursuit of quality has done such a great job that the people who you go up and say, hey, do you sing or have you sing? And they go, no, I don't sing. When in reality, they do sing. They just don't, they don't measure the singing to that quality, but they love singing. And it's just at a different quality or a less pursuit of that quality achievement. And so that is a bigger challenge that we have worldwide in the choral ecosystem that we hope to encourage more the communal, that, that, the cultural aspect of just singing for fun and singing for just the fellowship and the joy um, that we get. I mean, you still want to learn. 
you still want to have all these opportunities to learn a new piece of music and to kind of perform that, you know, for yourself or for, for, for an audience. But you're exactly right. All those things are included. But we've got a big challenge with any kind of choral community. And that is what I just described. And that is kind of we pursued so much and quality of music has gotten so good that people now aren't participating. They're listening more than they are actively engaged in singing. And that is a big component that is motivating us and which was a big part of our heyday back in the day is, you know, we might not have had the best quality always, but we had a lot of great community singing going on and joy. Um, and we're back. We're, we're in that pursuit again. Marty, it's been great talking to you. Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Thank you, John. Marty Monson there with a vision of a future rich with the joys of community singing. And my thanks once again to Marty for taking part in this podcast. If you've any thoughts to share on what you've just heard, then please feel free to use the Harmony UK podcast page on Facebook or you can tweet at Harmony UK pod. And plenty of community singing at the venue for our next podcast, Bab's 40th anniversary, Harmony College, which takes place in Nottingham at the end of August. There's an abundance of some of the best-known names in barbershop in attendance. Uh, Justin Miller, director of the Westminster Chorus, and Johnny Maroney, who directs Ambassadors of Harmony, will be leading the two audition choruses. Vocal Spectrum are headlining the Saturday night show. And if that wasn't enough, well, this year's team of leading educators includes arranger David Wright and that king of the teach tracks, Tim Warwick, among many other well-known names. I, for one, can hardly wait. Until we meet again, keep the whole world singing. And from me, John Beasley, thanks for listening. And bye-bye for now.